0: Welcome to the sportscapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds, insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now, your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee.
1: It's your host, Jack Jones, with the sportscapping.com free pick podcast. We're headed into week two NFL and week three college football. It's nice we have some new numbers to dissect in the NFL after the week one lines were up all summer. Now is where we can take advantage of some lines that are off. Uh, Brandon Lee will be joining me today to give out six free picks for this weekend's games on the gridiron. We opened the free pick podcast with a two and zero sweep in week one college football, but we went just three and three last week, so we're now five and three on the season. Brandon's three and one, I'm two and two now. Three hundred sixty seven wins, two hundred eighty seven losses. 19 pushes the last 8 seasons $1000 per game better is up 51,300. Uh Brandon, thanks for joining me again today to give out more free picks to the listeners.
0: Hey, I'm happy to be back and it's an exciting time. We got the NFL in full swing now. College football already week 3, so uh it's time to dissect and we'll hopefully give out some more winners.
1: All right, nice 2 and 1 week out of you last week. Can you recap those uh free picks for the listeners?
0: Yeah, I won with Iowa minus four. Uh, It wasn't pretty. Uh, They defeated the Cyclones 20 to 13. Uh, Box score is going to leave you scratching your head on this one. It's just how Iowa won. Uh, They only managed nine first downs, 235 total yards. It's just how this team win games. And I I mentioned, you know, I thought there'd be a little more chaos uh, by the defense. And we got a pick six that ultimately uh, was the deciding factor. And while it did end up fairly close, Iowa did have a 20-3 to lead going into the fourth quarter of that game in a very defensive-minded game that we kind of knew what it would be, and luckily I was on the right end of that one. Not so lucky in the NFL where my Saints minus three uh, came up painfully short. New Orleans won the game but didn't cover the short number. Uh, they ended up winning 16-15. to A couple of head-scratching plays late in this one. First, The Titans deciding to kick a field goal on 4th and six from the 11-yard line with just 2.17 left to play. I know they had three timeouts, but I think most coaches uh, would have went for it in that spot, especially with how good Tennessee's defense is against the run. You know, they go for it and they don't get it. The uh, Saints are starting with the ball on their own 11-yard line. You know, they stop them there. They're going to get good field position. They're probably going to have... A timeout to spare, given the two-minute warning. So, you know, after they kick the field goal, I'm thinking this thing's over. There's no way. Then all of a sudden, on third and six, the Saints complete a 41-yard pass to the Titans 26. Now I'm like, hell yeah, they're going to kick a field goal. We're going to win by four, and we're going to cover. Uh, Tennessee still got two timeouts at this point. It, it's looking great. Then on third and four. Titans give up an 11-yard run to Jamal Williams to put the game on ice. Williams, before that carry, was averaging just two yards a pop on 17 attempts. What can you do? Uh, not one that just didn't go my way. Uh, we're able to secure a winning week with an easy winner on our three-team 10-point teaser. We didn't need the points in any of these three games. Uh, we teased the Ravens from minus 10 to a pick 'em. They won 25-9 at home against the Texans. We teased the Bucks from plus six up to plus sixteen. They won outright, twenty to seventeen at Minnesota. And lastly, we teased the Packers from plus one to plus eleven, and they rolled the Bears, thirty-eight to twenty.
1: Yeah, Iowa managed to beat uh, Iowa State despite having just nine first downs compared to nineteen for Iowa State. Same shit, different year for the Cyclones. Who always win the box score against Iowa, but find a way to lose that pick six. Um, they threw was the difference in that seven-point defeat there. I did have the Titans plus three and a half and was glad we kicked able kick that field goal with just over two minutes left to cut the lead to one. The way the game was going, it made sense because the Titans didn't find the end zone all game and couldn't be trusted to score a touchdown when they were down four. They had all three timeouts left We're hoping for a stop and a game-winning field goal, but the Saints completed that bomb and then got another first down, which I was hoping they would get the first down. I know you weren't, uh, but yeah, uh, the Titans got the cover. I don't know that they exactly deserved it. Um, I went 1-2. and two. My lone winner was a huge sweat on Ball State, plus 42.5. Uh, me and Brandon were watching the Iowa State game together and uh, switched over to Ball State. Forced me to watch Ball State. <laughs> switched over to the end of the Ball State game. Uh, so they were tied with Georgia 0-0. At the end of the first quarter, and I thought this one was going to be a cakewalk, but Ball State turned it over three times in the second quarter alone. Georgia scored 31 points to take a 31-0 lead into halftime. Georgia would add two more touchdowns in the third quarter. They were up 45-0. Ball State answered with a field goal in the fourth quarter, and Georgia called off the dogs uh, to lose by 42. Um, so that was very fortunate on Ball State plus half. My pick on the Steelers plus 2.5 in the NFL was way off. Brock Purdy wasn't rusty at all. Picked up right where he left off last season. The 49ers dominated in the 30-7 to seven victory. Unfortunately, I used the Steelers in my six-point teaser as well. The Commanders minus one got home, but the Steelers plus 8.5 wasn't close. That's probably the last time I used my free pick in my six-point teaser uh, to mitigate risk for you guys. Should have used my second favorite option, which was, was the Browns plus 8.5, but I did not. Um, how are your uh, premium picks um, doing lately, Brandon, and maybe give the
0: listeners a few hot streaks? Yeah, I told you to watch out for those 49ers. So. You did. Uh, it was a really good week for me on the gridiron, um, so I can't complain too much about how the Saints one didn't come in. I was 8-3 and three in college football. I uh, went a perfect five and zero on my ten star top plays in week two. One of my losers, though, I am going to complain just a little bit because it was the arguably the worst bad beat of the weekend. Guess Texas Tech. It was Texas Tech plus six and a half. And for those of you that don't know, Red Raiders trailed thirty to thirty one with the ball in less than a minute to play. They're going down to kick the game winning field goal and they throw a 45 yard pick six to lose by eight and all this comes after texas tech had a 27 to 18 lead going into the fourth quarter that one was a tough one to stomach but it was definitely made a lot easier by all the other plays coming in for me so and i followed up the big day in college football going five and two on my seven nfl plays and then capped off the nfl week with a winner on monday night football with the jets You know, after a top 10 finish in college football last year, I'm currently the number two ranked college football capper to start out the 2023 season. Dating back to last year, I've gone 96 and 65, 60% on all college football plays and also have an 85 and 51, 63% run on my last 136 college football ATS plays. After the big Week One in the NFL, I'm now 44 and 32, 58% over my last 76 NFL NFL plays. Uh, this includes a 21 and 13, 62% run on NFL top plays. An even better streak than that, I got a 20 and 7, 74% run on my last 27 NFL ATS top plays. So, football picks are hot right now.
1: That is amazing! Amazing start to the season. Amazing eight and three Saturday. Um, I've actually gotten killed the last two Saturdays in college football, um, so trying to turn that around. It's been frustrating getting closing line value, and it doesn't really matter on a lot of these. Um, and I know a lot of other guys are frustrated too. But uh, I've been rolling on my weekday picks, and currently in the number four ranked MLB capper in two thousand twenty-three. I also had a five and two week in the NFL for a great start to the season. But I'm focused on getting that college football turn, turn around started this week. I have 14 college football picks up and available right now. I also have Look six out. six NFL picks available. Maybe adding more. Um, that's a minimum of 20 football picks. So uh, get a seven day football pass. Get in all the winning action. I put in a lot of work already this week to to try and beat some of these line moves and uh, get you guys back on the winning track in college football in the NFL. Uh, let's get into these free picks, though, Brandon. Uh, who do you have in uh, Week 3 for College Football Saturday?
0: All right, I'm going to take the Indiana Hoosiers as a 10-point dog against the Louisville Cardinals. This is technically a neutral site affair, though it should feel like a home game for Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium in, Indi- in Indianapolis, which is about a one-hour car ride from Bloomington. Uh, Indiana comes into this contest at 1-1 with a perfect 2-0 ats record yet i think uh, they're still undervalued in the betting market and that's just because they the two games just haven't been anything to get anyone excited about they covered as a 30 point dog in their opener against ohio state but they lost the game 23 to 3 they only had 153 yards of total offense then they go back and blow out uh in-state rival indiana state who's an fcs team 41 to 7 uh, no one's going to get excited about beating up on an FCS team. Um, so that's another game where I just, I think a lot of people are just, they, they're not sure on Indiana right now. Uh, I'm going to take a stab that I have a little bit better feel on them than most. Uh, you got to factor in, there wasn't much hype coming in to the on this team coming into the, the season. They only returned eight starters from a team that went four and eight. I just think it all adds up to them getting way too many points in this game. You know, I was a bit was surprised when head coach Tom Allen elected to start the season with Brendan Soresby over uh, Taven Jackson, at quarterback. But after Jackson's big showing in last week's win over Indiana State, he's been named the clear-cut starter going forward. Uh, Jackson was a highly coveted recruit coming out of high school uh, who originally signed with Tennessee before transferring to Indiana. He was 18-21 for 236 yards against Indiana State. Uh, The offense as a whole put up 558 yards with 340 yards through the air 214 on the ground yeah i'm able i'm confident they're going to be able to keep the ball uh moving on offense against this cardinals defense Louisville's defensive numbers are heavily skewed from last week's 56 to nothing win over Murray State. I look more at their week one game against Georgia Tech to get a better feel for this team. And in that game, they gave up 488 yards to the Yellow Jackets. And let's not forget, that's a Yellow Jackets team that only had five starters back on offense a new starting quarterback, and and that was a team that only averaged 17.3 points per game in 2022. Uh, Louisville was lucky to win that game as they trailed 13-28 to at the half. As for Indiana's defense, uh, I think they've uh, looked pretty impressive in their first two games, especially given they only had three returning starters on that side of the ball. And what people, you know, a lot of people are going to look at that and be like, well, their defense is going to be bad because they have nobody coming back. Well, the Hoosiers, uh, they hit the portal and they hit it hard this year. Um, they had, I believe, sixteen transfers on the defensive side of the ball, ten coming from Power Five schools. They completely revamped the defensive line with six Power Five transferred. Head coach Tom Allen, he came out and said he thought it was the strongest unit he's had on the defensive line in his tenure there. Um, you know, Louisville's looked impressive through its first two games. But again, it, those numbers are skewed from that Murray State game where they had almost 700, or I think over 700 yards, close to either way. I think Indiana is going to be very familiar with the the offensive system that the Cardinals like to run under Brom, given you know he came over from Purdue, um, and Indiana has played Purdue each of the last two years. Um, I not only think Indiana covers the spread in this one, I, I, I will have some money on them. On the money line, i like them to win the game outright. Give me Indiana plus 10.
1: Yeah, faded Louisville in that opener and cashed on Georgia Tech. I mean, Georgia Tech really gave that game away in the second half. Um, you know, the 56 nothing win over Murray State is a 44-point favorite. You can't really give them too much credit for that. was impressed with Indiana hanging with Ohio State in that 20-point loss as a 30-point dog. Um, they also covered in their win against Indiana State. Clearly, the Hoosiers have a very good defense after holding Ohio State to 380 yards and Indiana State to 94 yards. The defense should keep them in this game for four quarters. I also like back in physical Big Ten teams in these non-conference mas- matchups against other Power Five conference conferences, and you'll see that in my free my free pick coming up. Big Ten just seems to always hold their own. I think they will here. After all, Indiana... You made that great point with uh, them being familiar with Jeff Brom's system playing them the last two years, and that's a big deal. Um, if they can hold Ohio State in check, certainly can hold Louisville in check. The problem is I, I don't know if Indiana can score enough to stay within the number. I lean that they can. I'm just not on this game either way. I think under 50.5 is a good look. That would that benefit Indiana, too, if it stays under because they're not going to win a shootout. I, I hope the Hoosiers keep it close for your year, Brandon. I'm rooting you on
0: yeah i i actually disagree i think they can win a shootout and uh, i think the offense i mean i there what what ohio state did to them ohio state is going to do to a lot of teams this year because the buckeyes with jim Knowles on deep i believe it's jim Knowles. i don't want to get it wrong but uh the, the kind of uh, defensive corner that came over from oklahoma state uh, he's he's good he's real good and they've looked outstanding on that side of the ball the offense is a different story and you know, one thing else to note is not only did Indiana hold their own against that offense, they held Marvin Harrison Jr. to, like, two catches and 18 yards. And I think Harrison Jr. had, like, over 100 yards and two touchdowns in the first half and in, in their next game. So, I, and I think that offense, I, I think they're they're a lot better than what people think. And I think they showed that scoring 41, and I don't even know if the total was much over 40 against Indiana State. So, I... I uh, I disagree with that they can't win a shootout, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't care as long as they keep it within 10, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'd uh, be interested to watch that game. I mean, I've seen Louisville play. I haven't really seen much of Indiana yet, so I'll be interested to see that one because they, they're definitely one of those teams that nobody's really talking about and they're really going, so there could be some value there just because of that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Minnesota plus 7.5 at North Carolina. Uh, I was on North Carolina minus 2.5 in their opener against South Carolina. I gave you that as a free pick in week one for you guys. Uh, they won that game 31-17. I just think they've been overvalued since. They needed double overtime to beat Appalachian State 40-34 to as 18.5-point favorites last week. And I love fading teams coming off overtime games, especially double overtime. Uh, Minnesota did not deserve to beat Nebraska in the opener, but squeaked out a 13-10 to win in the final minutes. The Gophers were much sharper last week in their twenty-five-six win over Eastern Michigan as eighteen and a half point favorites. That's an Eastern Michigan team that seems to always hang around as an underdog, they but they outgained the Eagles four thirteen to one fifty-two or or by two hundred sixty-one total yards. Um, once again, the Gophers clearly have an elite defense. They're allowing eight points per game, two hundred twenty-four yards per game, four point six yards per play. The offense made some strides last week, should take another step forward this week after an ugly performance against Nebraska in that opener. North Carolina is far from a defensive juggernaut. They allowed 219 rushing yards to Appalachian State last week, 494 yards total. Gophers want to run the ball as they average 40 rushing attempts per game, 176 rushing yards per game. I'll side with the more physical running team here from the Big Ten up against a flashy offensive team in North Carolina from the ACC. Uh, Minnesota reminds me a lot of Iowa. They have a way of playing close games because of their style. They can play close games against a bad team just as easily as they can play a close game against a quality team. In fact, Minnesota has lost by more than two scores just once in their last 28 games. They've only lost, have four losses by more than one score in their last 28 games. Um, So they, I just think they're going to hang around here and possibly pull off the upset. PJ Fleck, 27-11 against the spread in non-conference games as a head coach. Fleck is also 9-1 against the spread in road games after outgaining their last opponent by 174 or more yards. Uh, I think Fleck will come up with the right game plan here to slow down Drake May and company. He won't let May beat him over the top, and the Tar Heels will have have to work for everything they get. I expect the Gophers to be able to control this game on the ground offensively as well, so uh, give me Minnesota.
0: Yeah, this is a play I considered for my premium card this week, but ultimately one I did not feel good enough to pull the trigger on. I agree with you. 7.5 feels like a few too many for the Tar Heels to be laying. Um, but after their lackluster showing against App State, I just don't trust Minnesota's offense to feel good enough about it to play them, especially on the road. Uh, bad offenses tend to play bad on the away from home. So uh, I'm a little reluctant to jump to fade the Tar Heels after that poor showing. I just wonder if they didn't have a little bit of a letdown after their big week one showdown against south carolina i'll be rooting you in but i will not be uh, on the same side here all
1: right at least we both lean the same way on these college yeah. picks uh let's get into
0: one that i think we're gonna have some disagreement on all right go ahead with your
1: nfl pick for uh week two
0: yeah i'm gonna take the kansas city chiefs uh minus three on the road against the jacksonville jaguars i was a bit surprised to see the chiefs not favored by more than a field goal in this one uh its simplest handicap is I don't think there's any way that Patrick Mahomes is going to let this team start 0-2. Uh, there's And there's more to it than just that. It's If not for all the drops, mainly the two big ones, Mike Kadarius, Tony, uh, they more than likely win uh, their week one matchup with the Lions. You know, one of those drops by Tony was returned for a pick six. The other would have came late in the fourth quarter that would have put them in field goal range in the driver's seat to probably kick that field goal as time expired i thought the defense more than held their own against the lions detroit only accounted for 14 points on the offensive side of the ball and kansas city is going to get, be getting back two of their best players in this game chris jones has ended his holdout um so he's going to be back in action travis kelsey is also back practicing after a knee injury suffered just days before the game caused him to miss the opener The Jags, this is a young team that I think is clearly headed in the right direction. With that said, I still think there's a big gap between them and the elite teams in the AFC. Jacksonville ended up covering in a 31-21 win over the Colts last week, one I was very happy to see uh, as they made a uh, goal-line stand in the fourth quarter in the final seconds to uh, prevail in the cover in that one. But they only, they actually went into the fourth quarter trailing what I think is a pretty bad Colts team, 17 to 21. Um, That's a Colts team that was starting rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson and were without their stud running back Jonathan Taylor. Richardson, you know, proved to be a problem for them. He's completed 24 of 37 for 223 yards. He also rushed for 40 yards in a score. And that just tells me Jacksonville's defense is just not where it needs to be to them to be a serious contender right now if they're letting a rookie quarterback come out in his first game and do that to him. I also think this Jaguars offensive line could be, could end up being a problem in this game. Starting right guard, Brandon Scherf, and starting center Luke Fortner, both were held out of practice today, nursing ankle ankle injuries. Uh, Be kind of a, they're both listed as questionable right now, but I don't not, I, I would lean More so that at least Scherf is not going to play. Fortner seems to have a little better chance of suiting up. Either way, it's a big blow to an offensive line that's already without starting left tackle Cam Robinson to a suspension. Uh, Scherf's backup, Cooper Hodges, is on IR. And and this was already one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And for this Chiefs defense, it's going to be like night and day after facing one of the best uh, offensive lines in the NFL in Detroit so and you add in the extra time to prepare for this game and I just have a really ty- hard time seeing the defending chance not delivering in this spot I, I could see this getting to three and three and a half closer kickoff so if you like this one I-, I get on Casey right away at minus three
1: yeah look at the Jaguars as a legit Super Bowl contender this season the Chiefs Bills Bengals and Jets were uh, getting all the hype coming into the season but the Jaguars are the sleeper team that could win it all they the, I just think they're going to be out to prove themselves Sundays against the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs um, with them coming to town. The Jaguars also want revenge from the two losses to the Chiefs last season. They lost 27-17 on the road as 10-point underdogs during the regular season and then 27-20 as 10-point road dogs in the playoffs. They hung right with the Chiefs, only getting out game by 13 yards in that playoff meeting. Now they get the Chiefs at home this time around. Uh, you can make the argument that the Jaguars have the most explosive offense in the NFL right now. They traded for Calvin Ridley in the offseason. He and Trevor Lawrence are already forming a great connection. They beat the Colts 31-21 in that opener. Lawrence threw for 241, a pair of touchdowns. One of which went to Ridley, who led the team with 11 receptions for 101 yards. There's Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. That teams are, teams are going to have to account for. Plus, Travis at the end in the backfield. I just love this offense. Uh, they also have playmakers on the defense. They did hold the Colts at 280 yards, 4.1 yards per play. So I think they did a decent job defensively, especially with like you uh, not not knowing what to expect from Anthony Richardson. I mean, that was a tough game to prepare for defensively, the first game of Richardson's career. Uh, I think they can hold their own on this side of the ball. They're very familiar with Kansas City's system after playing them twice. I know Travis Kelsey's going to return this week, but I don't think he'll be 100%. Um, and then Chris Jones, I mean, he's back to practice finally. I don't see him playing as big a role as he normally would um, for this one game. Uh, I Mahomes just wasn't comfortable with his receivers um, last week either, as you could tell. I mean, I, I expect it to be better this week, but how much better who knows uh i and it just seems like everybody's on the chiefs right now 80% of the bets over 80% of the money assuming they're going to bounce back i'm i'm going to go the contrarian route here with the jaguars i haven't power rated much higher than most most people do this season and the super bowl hangover is just a real thing for the winners and the losers i i kind of question kansas city's motivation early in the season when these games don't matter as much i know we're going to get 100% effort from the jaguars playing with double revenge from last year as the Chiefs ended their season, um, Kansas City three and eleven against the spread. Of their last fourteen against the AFC. Jacksonville 16 and six against the spread. Of their last twenty two home games off a division road win. And uh, Doug Peterson fifteen and four against the spread as a home dog, as a head coach. My biggest concerns are those offensive line injuries. No doubt about it, Brandon. You nailed that. Um, Sheriff <laughs> Sheriff seems to play through injury all the time. So we'll see um i'm hoping they have those two guys but uh if they don't i won't love it as much but i'm definitely um on the jaguars this week
0: yeah it kind of reminds me a lot of the Steelers play you had last week against the 49ers (laughs) that's all i can say you're 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 trying to jump the gun on a team that just ain't there yet we'll
1: see we will see sunday we will all right, I'm gonna go Bengals Ravens under 46 and a half. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't play a snap in the preseason. It showed he clearly wasn't himself against the Browns last week. Burrow went 14 to 31 for 82 yards, averaging 2.6 yards per attempt. Bengals managed just three points against the Browns. I don't. Th- I don't think it's magically going to be fixed in one week. Um, The Ravens managed 25 points against the Texans last week, but that came on just 265 total yards. Lamar Jackson's learning a new offense. It's going to take him some time. But the Ravens were great defensively, limiting the Texans to 9 points, 268 total yards. Clearly both defenses are ahead of the offenses right now, and I expect that to be the case again Sunday. The Ravens are decimated by injuries right now. Running back J.K. Dobbins suffered a torn Achilles in Week 1. Offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley center Tyler Linderbaum. And tight end Mark Andrews are all questionable to play in week two. Uh, familiar, I think familiar. the familiar, familiarity factor is big here. Uh, it favors defense in low-scoring games. This is going to be the fourth meeting between the Ravens and Bengals since week five last year. The first meeting saw 36 combined points. The second, 43. And the third meeting in the playoffs saw 41 combined points. As you can see, all three meetings stayed well under this 46.5-point total. I just think it's going to be more of the same, um, given the circumstances in week two Sunday. Cincinnati, eight and one under its last nine September games. Zach Taylor, 13 and three under in September games as the coach of Cincinnati. So his teams tend to start slow offensively, but have been on point defensively. Uh, Cincinnati, 12 and three under last 15 against the AFC. So, uh, I just think this is too high and I think it's going to keep coming down. So, uh, lock those under bets in.
0: Uh, I can definitely get on board with this play. I don't really understand at all why the total is as high as it is. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think Cincinnati's offense is kind of in a bit of a funk right now, and Burroughs missed so much time in the preseason and training camp, and, you know, I, I get that they've... The Browns have kind of had their number of late, but it's not like they're going up against a slouch defense here in Baltimore, and the Ravens, you know, they weren't that great offensively either, and they went over the Texans, and they lose Dobbins, and it, it's just really hard to see this game turning into a shootout. I, I was shocked that it was more than like 42, to be honest. Like, given the familiarity with the two teams and the division, I, I I I'm trying to find something in this game to why the line is what it is, um, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. And you know, typically the public's an over they like to play the overs and they're over 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 but i can't see them wanting to play the over here so this one is a head scratcher and one that i'm gonna do a little more digging on but it's one that could i could see myself adding to the card if nothing else pops up so i like this one quite a bit
1: good man uh yeah it's been a weird uh roller coaster with this total, it opened like 47.5, down to 44, back up to 47, currently 46.5. And, a half. and I, I see it going back down to 45 or less by the time the game starts. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, unders went 12-4 last week. I don't expect them to be that profitable this week. In fact, I, they might have over-adjusted this week. We'll see. Um, but uh, this isn't one I think they they got right. I think we're we're getting a few points of value here on the under.
0: Yeah, I mean, the books must really – think Joe Burrow is gonna bounce back and it's possible but
1: yeah I'm close uh, I was close I'm close to taking the Bengals I think they probably do bounce back because the Ravens have so many injuries um right now that I'm close to taking the Bengals once it got the three and a half no but I-, I see a few threes out there now so I'm close on that but I, I don't think it's going to be because he bounces back I think their defense will shut down the Ravens uh, for sure yeah so um I look back to last year. We're on a 16-3-1 run on these NFL teasers. Okay. Uh, no, not, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, let's find two teaser winners for the listeners in uh, Week 2 NFL. What's your favorite teaser, Brandon?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with a three-team ten-pointer, and this is a little bit unconventional, but one I like quite a bit. I'm going to take the Lions from minus 5.5 to plus 4.5 at home against the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Giants. The exact same teas, except they're on the road uh, against the Cardinals, minus five and a half to plus four and a half. And then, lastly, I'm going to double down on my Packers from last week. I'm going to take them from minus one to plus nine at the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I expect the Lions and Gi- or the Lions and Giants to win their games, and the Packers to keep it close against the Falcons. But I, I'm actually taking the Falcons in my teaser because it's a good number. Um, six point teaser on the Falcons, plus seven and a half. Bears plus eight and a half. Teasing the Falcons for plus one and a half up to seven and a half at home against those Packers, I expect them to be able to run on the run on Green Bay, which is the weakness of their defense. I'm also teasing the Bears from plus two and a half up to eight and a half on the road at the Bucks. The Bears don't want to start zero and two. I expect them to put up a fight against the Bucks, who are coming off one of the most misleading wins of the week last week against the Vikings. They they really had no business winning that game. They were outgained by uh 127 yards and by 2.3 yards per play by the Vikings. But Minnesota turned it over three times to hand them the victory. So I think the Bears are a live underdog, and I uh, really like this teaser line.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that one. Obviously, the Falcons maybe scare me a little bit, but I I definitely think that's a touchdown game either way.
1: Yeah, let's middle that bad boy. Get them a couple teaser winners and uh, get them a nice week here. Uh, thanks for coming on, Brandon. Where can uh, the listeners find you?
0: At Lee's Sports Pitch.
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Uh We'll be back uh, for week three NFL and week four college football. Six more picks for you guys. So uh, good luck, everyone. I hope we uh, do a little better in three and three this week. I need to hold up my end of the bargain. And uh, thanks for coming on again, Brandon. And uh, <laughs> Chiefs. I'm excited for that Chiefs-Jaguars game.
0: Hey, you can take a nap during it. It's going to be a blowout. <laughs> we'll see. I, we'll see. Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe a little extra free pick for you guys that are listening late. I also like the over in that game. But uh, anyways, have a good weekend, everyone, and uh, good luck on all your bets this weekend.
0: Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com.